Well, we're continuing the series on spiritual gifts, and we're focusing on the seven motivational gifts that are found in Romans chapter 12, and today we're focusing on the spiritual gift of leadership. And Romans 12, 8 says, if your gift is to lead, then do it diligently. Diligently means to do it consistently, uh, to do it well and to honor God through that particular gift. Well, we've all heard people say to others, you know, he just has the gift of leadership. He is a born leader. And there are people that are born leaders, and we see them in places of government and other public positions. But born leaders are not necessarily people who have the gift of spiritual leadership. There is a difference, and you know why? Because not every leader has been born again. And without the Spirit of God within us, we don't have the activation of a spiritual gift. It is based upon the movement of God through His Spirit in the life of an individual to motivate them to be the leader that God wants them to be. Well, when we go through difficult circumstances in a church or anywhere, people look to those who have the gift of leadership to guide them through that muddy water, through that tough time. And so those with the gift of leadership are looked to, and people basically say, what are you going to do to get us through this? How are we going to make it? Well, people with the gift of leadership, as you'll see, have a gift of faith also. They believe and trust in the Lord and they believe that God will sustain us and hold us up no matter what it looks like. He will work on our behalf. And so they exercise great faith and they encourage others to then exercise faith. In other situations, people criticize a person because that person is not a good leader. Years ago, I had a wonderful pastor for about 10 years, and he was a good preacher. He was a caring pastor and visited those who were sick and everything, but he was not a good leader. He didn't have that spiritual gift of leadership, and uh, those who had that gift of leadership, some of them were deacons and some were others, got frustrated because they would see opportunities for him to lead and he just wouldn't step forward and lead. Eventually, he left. He was a wonderful guy. He chose to leave on his own. They didn't push him out. And he went to another church. And he was there for 15 years. And he became a better leader in that other church. So God moved him on and he knew that he needed to step up and be the leader that God wanted him to be. And so he had a wonderful ministry beyond that. But at that time, he just wasn't using a gift of leadership. There are those who are leaders out in the world, and we see them sometimes on TV. We see them in leadership positions in businesses and other areas. Then there are those who are leaders in the spiritual realm. And the spiritual gift of leadership is for those within the body of Christ that God wants to raise up and use their gift to be a blessing to his church and to challenge others within the church to use their gifts 
so that together the body of Christ functions and accomplishes the purposes that God has for it. The two, the ones in the world and the ones in the spiritual realm, have some common qualities, and yet because one is spiritually based, they have very different qualities that the one out in the world does not have. There are different names for the gift of leadership. Some call it the gift of leadership. Some call it the gift of organization where the one is able to bring organization to chaos and confusion. Another name is a gift of administration where a person has those skills to decisively guide an organization in an administrative way and an effective way to accomplish what it wants. And then another name is ruling, one who exercises authority over others for the common good. And so when a church elects a pastor, uh, it's wonderful if he has the gift of leadership, if he is able to administrate things, if he is able to, quote, rule over or lead the people, if he is able to organize things and get things done. But very seldom do you see a pastor who has all three of those things wrapped up in one package. And so how is the church to function? Well, if you get a pastor that has other gifts, those who have the gifts of leadership need to come alongside of him and help him to lead effectively, to encourage him and to point out ways in which he needs to lead and help the church. Not to criticize, but to build up and to encourage him. You got a new pastor coming. He's got some spiritual gifts that God has given him. I don't know what they all are because I've only seen him, met him one time and we heard him preach one time. But he's going to come and he will be leading and helping you to be the church body that God wants you to be. A leader uses organizational skills but he may not be totally organized. I'm not bragging, but because all of the gifts are, are needed in the body, but I have the gift of leadership. That's one of my gifts. Exhortation is a second strong gift. But a leader can be organized, but be unorganized. If you see my desk, when I was, had a desk and was working, it was always stacked up with all kinds of papers and things. And people would come in and say, how do you ever find anything? Well, I knew exactly where things were in the pile. And I could go to them. And when I needed them, I had them accessible. So a leader can be organized, but not totally organized. A leader can have administrative skills and use those skills, but not really like administration. I do what I have to do administratively, but I don't like administration. But I had to learn to do administration to be able to function as the leader God wanted me to be. A leader may exercise authority over others, but only because it's needed. They may not really like being out front and being the leader. They may be uncomfortable with that a little bit. Well, the Greek word, proestimi, means one who stands in front of others to lead them. And in the Old Testament, we see a leader that all of us know, and that's Moses. 
The RSV Revised Standard Version says, one who gives aid, giving leadership to aid others, to help aid and get the work of God done. Moses was the leader as he stood out in front of the Red Sea. And God had him stand there, and God opened the seas, and the people went through. When God called Moses to be a leader, you know the story. What was Moses' response? No, Lord, I can't speak. And he tried to refuse. He didn't want to go back to Egypt. He was with his father-in-law Jethro. He didn't want to go back to Egypt and face the music there, and he didn't think the people would follow him. And he hesitated to be the leader. But God pushed him, and he became the leader of God's people. Some leaders don't really want to be out front leading, and that was Moses' first excuse was to, that he was not able to speak. But it's amazing. God said, well, Aaron can come alongside of you and help. But if you notice, Moses did most of the speaking, not Aaron. So God raised him up, and he didn't want to be in that position, but he became the leader that God wanted him to be, and he became the spokesman for God's people. Some leaders are not good organizers or administrators. And Moses' father-in-law Jethro saw him one day judging all the people from morning to night. And Jethro came to Moses and said, Moses, what you're doing is a foolish thing. You're going to wear yourself out trying to judge all the situations that are coming before you. And so what you need to do is delegate. You need to have leaders over thousands, over hundreds, over fifties, and let them decide the cases, and you only get the, the major cases, like the Supreme Court sort of. So sometimes those, as pastors and leaders, may not know how to delegate in order to protect themselves. They, they get too involved and too... Uh, wrapped up in the details, and they need to learn to delegate. Well, in the New Testament, the same Greek word is used to speak of the qualifications for a bishop or a deacon or a pastor. That same role, leadership, the one who's out front, the one who is speaking on God's behalf. And the requirement is in 1 Timothy 3, 4, and 12 is that Described as one that rules well his own household. The feeling being that if he can't rule his own household, how can he rule the house of God? And sometimes we've seen pastors that don't really rule the house that well. And pastors' kids are sometimes notorious for being some of the most rebellious when they're growing up. So... That requirement sort of sets apart those who are raised up as deacons and as bishops. It says, let them lead, manage, and rule their children and their households well. In Titus chapter 3, verse 14, it refers to coordinating the ministries of the body and helping the body to reach out to meet needs, spiritual needs, physical needs, whatever there may be out there. And the body of Christ needs to be organized and functioning in a way that it can accomplish those tasks.
He is a facilitator who likes to help others develop themselves through the body of the church. A person with the gift of leadership likes to see people and help them use their gifts and see things done in the church that may not be done if he doesn't encourage those with that gift to get done. Well, the, the definition of the gift of leadership is one who is motivated, and these are motivational gifts, motivated to be out front in coordinating the activities of others toward achieving basic spiritual tasks or goals in accordance with God's vision or God's will. That's a pretty long definition, but it's an important one. It includes a lot. So let's look at the characteristics of the person with the gift of leadership. They have the spiritual discernment to visualize or to see the big picture or the vision to help others to see it as well. A leader is one that can see out beyond the present and see enough into the future to be able to see where God wants you to go. And then he's able to communicate that vision, motivate others, get behind the vision, and be unified to accomplish what God wants them to accomplish. A person with the gift of leadership is motivated to want to organize people and get together the resources to achieve spiritual tasks and goals. Some of those may be, seem menial, they're not necessarily big vision things, but they're just small tasks that need to be done along the way. A person with the gift of leadership has the ability to assess the resources that will be needed and available to accomplish that task or that vision. They see what needs to be done and they see what resources they have. And if they don't have all the resources, what do they do? They help find the resources to meet the need that's there. Then they're able to see the necessary bite-sized steps to get there. Because of the gift of leadership, I see problems and situations, and I automatically see the steps, one, two, three, four, of how to get there, how to overcome that problem, how to get that job done. And... Uh, it's just a, a gift from the Lord. And those who have that gift need to use that for God's work, for His church. And they're able to set priorities to complete a task or a vision. God has called some of you to be leaders. And He wants you to step up and use your leadership skills and abilities to help the church here in Ketchikan be all it can be during that time. A person with the gift of leadership has a desire to complete tasks as quickly as possible and then move on to the next task. They like to see things getting done. Things that are accomplished that may be small in some measure, may not be, seem that significant, but they're things that contribute to the whole of what God wants to do. The gift of leadership, that person has the ability to see what can be delegated and what can't. There are some things that can be delegated from a leader to other people. But for instance, a pastor can't delegate to everybody caring for the sheep. 
He is the shepherd of the flock, and he needs to care for the sheep. Now, he can encourage other people to do other things to help care for the sheep. But if he doesn't care for the sheep, all of his preaching, all of his other things won't really amount to a whole lot. So he has to know what he can delegate and what he can't. Because if he doesn't care for the sheep and they don't feel loved and cared for, all the other things will begin to slip in the eyes of the people. He's able to sum up situations accurately and be able to make good decisions regarding that. Now, you have some people that have the gift of leadership in the church. You've elected them to different positions. You have a group of deacons who uh, some of them have more of a gift of leadership than others, but they are leaders. Thank goodness because they have guided you well and the church is healthy and ready to receive a new pastor and ready to move forward. You have a tremendous church council. Uh, When I get together with those people, usually there's about 12 or 15 of them, and I get together with them and I look around and I hear the reports and see what they're doing, you have a great group of leaders. Now, not all of them have the gift of leadership, but they have stepped up to do something in an area that they have a concern with. A person with the gift of leadership has a tendency to assume control or leadership if no leadership exists. Some of you, if you were sitting on a jury in a court, and you go into the jury room, and you sit there, You know you've got the gift of leadership. And you sit there and they begin to fumble and go in different ways. People have different thoughts. And a person with leadership can't stand that. And they will begin to say, all right, folks, we need to do this and this and this and this. And guess what? Before long, that person's the foreman of the jury. They can't stand to see things unorganized without leadership. And if structural leadership exists, they will have a tendency to sit back and wait on that structured leadership to ask them to lead out in something or to take a leadership position. They will not overrule those who are already there in authority. And then the person with the gift of leadership has a willingness to endure negative reactions from others in order to accomplish the task. Sometimes, and many times, leadership is a tough position to be in. And when you're trying to move toward a goal and things don't move as quickly or as the way some people want to do, what did the people do with Moses? They grumbled. They grumbled against Moses. And people will grumble against the leader. So they have to have a willingness to stand up through those negative reactions and keep on moving toward the goal. But the person with the gift of leadership finds great joy, finds fulfillment, and seeing others come aboard, get involved, and work together to complete a task or a goal. It's wonderful to see the people of God working together and accomplishing those kind of things. 
And when that goal or that step is taken, they're ready to move on to the next step and keep on moving on. The person who has the gift of leadership is a self-starter. Any of you have trouble getting started on projects and things? What do we call that? Procrastination? <laughs> but the leader looks at it and says, let's do it today. Let's get on with this. Let's get moving. Let's get it done. And that's important to have that kind of self-starter. The last characteristic is that they exercise a lot of faith when they're seeking to fulfill God's vision. <clears throat> it takes faith and trust in God as an organization, as a church, to follow the path that God lays out. Sometimes it's a difficult path. Sometimes it's a time of struggle. But the person with the gift of leadership or persons they believe in God. They, they know God can do anything. God can see us through this. God can help us to accomplish this. There are some people sitting here that have the gift of leadership, but they're excited about getting a new pastor because that pastor will be able to provide leadership beyond what they're able to provide. He'll be able to work at it full time. He'll be able to be the spiritual leader of the church. Well, naturally, there's some misunderstandings about a person with the gift of leadership. That person may appear to be more interested in projects than they are in people. Let's get this done. Let's get that done. Let's do this project. Let's do that project. Why? Because they're trying to move the organization forward. And in that process, it may look like they're concerned more about projects than they are about people. That's why you need a good shepherd who will show that concern for the people. They may be appear calloused and cold because they won't allow that criticism to keep them from moving forward. They just take it, it bounces off, and they keep on moving forward. They want to see the goal met. They sometimes may leave those under them feeling they're being used because he does not explain all the reasons and the details for the task. We were doing a <clears throat> project at Calvary Baptist Church on Government Hill in Anchorage, remodeling the church, and it had three floors, and at one time was in desperate need of repair, and we worked for three different years on the church. And one year we had 43 people there, and they were doing projects all over the church, and I was the one trying to coordinate that and get all of the supplies from Home Depot and get them to the church and get that going and keep them all busy. And some of them became frustrated because I didn't have time really to stop and explain the big picture of all that we were trying to accomplish. I just knew that we needed to complete this by this time. And I made the mistake of not communicating as well as I needed to. And some of them became frustrated. It's hard to keep 43 people working, some of them painting, some of them tearing out steps and replacing steps and all kinds of things going on. So you've got to be sure you communicate the reasons and the details of what you're trying to do. Then the desire to 
complete tasks quickly may appear as insensitivity to the workers and their needs. And I was guilty of wearing out those 43 people. I had so much we had to do, and I was determined we were going to complete that floor and get everything done, that they began to get weary. And so I finally realized that I was pushing them too hard, and we stepped back, and I said, let's take tomorrow morning and everybody sleep in as long as you want to. If you get up early, that's fine. Go to work, but if you want to sleep, sleep. And they rested up a little bit, and we were able to move on and complete the project. So it may appear as insensitivity sometimes to the need of workers because they go so goal-oriented. They may appear to be a control freak. Anybody ever tell you you're a control freak? I've had people tell me that. And I've learned and mellowed through the years not to be as much of a control freak. Delegate. Let other people do the things that they want to do and have the gifts to do. And then the ability, if they go too far in the other direction, of delegating may appear that they're lazy. Well, he never does anything. He just gets us to do it all. Well, that's probably not true, but you may feel that at some point. And you may say, well, he's just lazy. Then the desire to move forward in faith may appear to some people who are very pragmatic that he is ignoring the set of circumstances that's there. I've sat in so many budget, finance types of meetings, and those who see things in black and white only, when you're trying to exercise faith and establish a budget beyond what seems reasonable, those people look at the person with the gift of leadership and say, well, you're just ignoring all the facts. Here are the facts. Here's the situation. Here's all we can do. And the person with leadership says, no, we can do more than that. We can do better than that. And so they may appear that they're ignoring practical realities. Why are they ignoring that? Because they know that God can do so much more than we can do. Well, if you have the gift of leadership, here's some dangers you need to work and look out for. The person with the gift of leadership may develop pride in their power and authority. Sometimes it can go to a person's head, and they become prideful, and they like being in the position of authority, and they begin to feed off of it, and it feeds their ego rather than their spiritual nature. Second danger is that they may begin to use people for their own goals rather than Meeting the needs. That's a real danger. You have to be careful that you don't begin to say, well, this person can do that, this person, and appear to them to get things done that you want done rather than for the sake of the kingdom of God. And then one that's very real is that they may overlook major character flaws in people that can be useful in reaching the goals. And what we mean by that is there are sometimes people in the church who are there and who are questionable in their character in some ways, and yet the person in leadership, if they see that they can help them get a goal, they'll use them. They'll let them be involved. And to those that see the character flaws and the shortcomings wonder, does he not see that? Does he not understand that that person 
is living a lifestyle of something that's not good. But sometimes a person with leadership will overlook those character flaws in order to accomplish the task. They can develop a power complex. And they may feel rejection if the people don't follow them and do what they want to be done. That rejection may be that they're in a meeting, they try to lead out, and the people don't want to follow, and they get discouraged, and they feel rejection, and they just step back. And for a while, want to, to not be in a position of leadership, not do what they need to do. And another danger is allowing people to depend upon that person with the gift of leadership may actually hinder, in some ways, the development of leadership and other people. They may take on so much that other people that have the gift of leadership don't find an avenue of service, a way in which they can contribute and lead because that person is doing all the leading. And so you have to be careful that you delegate and share leadership. Well, what are the benefits of the spiritual gift of leadership? The person with that spiritual gift can mobilize people and the resources needed to get a job done. The church cannot function without a person with or persons with the gift of leadership. And leadership courses that many of you probably have taken, an organization cannot move further or beyond their leadership. Everything depends and rises and falls on leadership. And if there's no leadership, you don't move forward. And so it's an important thing that you allow those that have that gift of leadership to lead. They can encourage people to be all that they can be. Some people sit back and don't get involved, don't get engaged, don't use their gifts in the work of the kingdom. But the person with the gift of leadership begins to spot and know who can do what and how to delegate things to other people. They can give needed direction for maximum effectiveness and efficiency in getting things done. And they can challenge God's people to trust in Him and helps to build faith in God. Things that get accomplished make a difference. They change lives. We've seen in the church, through prayer, many prayers being answered. What does that do? It encourages us to exercise faith and continue to exercise even more faith that God will do what we ask Him to do if it's in accordance with His will. Well, God will always raise up leaders to accomplish His goals. Moses didn't want to do it, but God got His attention. And He went and God enabled him and developed him to be the leader that he needed to be. The church needs those with leadership to give guidance and directions so that the ministry of the church is done. And I commend you and give thanks that this church has a lot of good leaders, a lot of folks that step up and do the things that need to be done and know how to lead effectively. And for a leader to lead effectively, guess what? They have to be followers. And a lot of you are good followers, and you do that. Well, 
The ministry church can be done effectively and efficiently when you've got good leadership. And the end result is not just to get projects done, but to see people reconcile to the Lord Jesus Christ, reconcile through him to the Father, having the Holy Spirit working in them. We sang about all three, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit earlier. Well, God wants to be honored, and he wants to see you working because he invests in you his Holy Spirit, and he wants you to see that others are redeemed and reconciled. Sometimes we lose sight of the big picture. And a church can be as organized as it needs to be, functioning well, but if it's not seeing people born into the kingdom of God, then it's maybe organized for the wrong things, not using what God intended to happen. And then finally, and seeing disciples developed. To see people born into the kingdom of God is great. But they need to be discipled. They need to be built up. They need to be encouraged so that they become strong in the Lord and the Spirit of God is able to work in them and through them. And they need to understand the truths of God so that Satan won't come along and trip them up. Those with the gift of leadership must be willing to use their gift for God's glory and not for their own worldly benefits. Now, a person with the spiritual gift of leadership may do well out in the world, and that's no problem. But if they are using their leadership skills, using them all up out in the world, and not blessing the church of God, then that's a problem. So they need to be sure that they're devoting the time and attention that's needed there. Those with the gift of leadership in the body need to have a common vision of God's purpose so that there is unity. Your pastor search team has reached out and they felt God's leadership toward Alan and his family coming to be your spiritual leaders. And he is excited about coming. I was excited when I met him and he's very mature beyond his years. Has had a lot of good experience in the military and other places. And he is coming to be your spiritual leader. Now, I don't know whether he has the gift of leadership or not. If he does, that's wonderful. But if he lacks some of those skills, guess what needs to happen? Some of you with the gift of leadership need to come alongside and hold him up and help him. Help train him, help develop him so that he becomes a man of God that God wants him to be while he is here. Once again... We're talking about spiritual gifts. And a person can't exercise spiritual gifts unless they've been born into the kingdom of God and have God's Spirit living in them, working in them, working through them, and allowing them to do things that they would never be able to do in their own power and their own strength. So keep that in mind. And if you're not feeling and don't sense that you have a spiritual gift, Ask yourself the question, am I in proper fellowship with God? Have I been born again? Do I know the Lord as my Savior? And am I allowing him to live in me and through me? Because if you are, he will begin to point out these things through these seven gifts that you can find your place of ministry.
Find your place of service within the church. Let's pray.